Welcome to Set for Life with Pastor Ray Jensen. You can find us at setforliferadio.com. Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's listen from God's Word, verse by verse, on how we can prepare for the coming of the Lord and Messiah Jesus, who died on the cross, so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life if you give your heart and believe what He's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're through. You'll be set for Before I go into this Judges 6, I want to tell you about this guy one time. I was uh, at a restaurant somewhere. They had pool tables off to the side. And I remember this guy, he was playing pool, and he was just he was just eccentric, man. I mean, he was just loud, noisy, having a good time. And he was playing pool, and there was this girl that was laughing at you know everything he did. He goes, oh, watch this shot. Oh, check it out behind the back, you know, and all these kind of things. He had this girl going, and I mean, he was really into this girl. And he he was just having a good old time. Well, then the front door opened, and this woman came in. And she had these laser beams coming out of her eyes that burned a hole through everything that it touched, right? Everybody got out of the way. I mean, the room heated up like five degrees when this woman came in here, and she just was beaming right at this guy. And she was coming in, and she was just headed right for him. And everybody that had any half of a brain understood what was going on right away. This guy was cheating. He was snuck out. He was teasing around some little girl that he wanted, and the wife showed up and caught him. And we all saw it go down, and we're like, oh, gosh, everybody got out of the way, kind of like Moses parting the sea. You know, everybody got out of the way of this woman, and she passed right through, and everybody behind her died, you know. But anyway, she came in, and she pointed her finger at him, and she goes, what are you doing? And he, he, he was speechless. He didn't know what to say. She goes, get home now. No discussion. I mean, it was on like Donkey Kong. And we just <laughs> get away from this. It's like this, the whole restaurant, just like, you, you know, when you watch a movie and you hit the pause button, everything just, okay, that's what it was like. All the wait staff and everybody just stopped because this was going down. It was heavy. And away they went. And <sighs> we all, you know, breathed. It was like, okay, back to normal, <laughs> you know, try to anyway. Well, she had every right. She had every right to do that. This is mine. He belongs to me, not you. And she was very adamant about that. Home right now. I don't know what happened when they got home. I'm sure it was rough. I'm sure it was extreme. It wasn't good. Well, guys, Israel is sinning in Judges 6. And so God gives them over to oppression I'm sure when that guy got home with that girl, there was some following oppression that happened. I'm sure there was some tension, and I'm sure there was some pressure that happened because of what he did. He turned and went after somebody else, and she came after him mad, and something bad went down. But it was because she said, you belong to me. That's the way God is with his people. That's the way he is with Israel. If you've given yourself to the Lord Jesus Christ, that's the way he is with you. You should not be giving yourself 
to others. You shouldn't be giving yourself to other gods, other careers. And I'm not saying you can't have one. I'm saying don't give the career priority. I know other women, but they don't take my attention like that guy was doing because I belong to my wife, Anna. Don't let those other gods have you to that level. God wants you first and foremost, and he will pursue you, and he will come after you, and yes, he'll be mad if you give yourself away to someone else, but it's because he wants you as his own. Now, Israel has done this, they, and, and they have sinned, they, and God gave them over to oppression, and God had every right to do it. You think that girl had no right to go home and let him have it? I'm sure she let him have it all night, probably for a month, probably for a year. I don't know. She had every right to do it. Now, people look at God when God hands Israel over to their enemy, and they go, well, that's not fair. Well, why is it not fair? You're the one that left. You're the one that went out and cheated. We have to understand the perspective. However, God sends a deliverer to pull them out of the mess. He sends them a deliverer, and then they will get peace. Israel sends again. We've been seeing this in the pattern of Judges. Israel sends again. He hands them over to oppression. Then the next deliverer comes, and they get peace. So far, we have now seen several judges come along to deliver Israel, and it brings decades of peace to the nation each time. But here goes the pattern again. And how many times have we seen this pattern go down? I don't know. I'm tired of counting. Judges 6 and 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the Lord delivered them into the hand of Midian for seven years. Guys, I'm just kind of getting tired of seeing this, aren't you? I mean, it's the same old thing. It's like, when are you going to get it? But can't you say the same thing about yourself? When am I going to get it? Over and over and over. Here I go again. I catch myself doing something. I say, oh, God doesn't like that. Well, Ray, why are you doing that again, you knucklehead? And then I go fighting with myself round and round. And I'm sure God is like, you hard-headed people, you're just like the Israelites were. (laughs) And so this downward spiral with Israel, it continues. And And it's bad enough that it's a pattern. This has been going on for hundreds of years now. I mean, centuries. And let's not think of the Israelites as being ignorant to their own history, because America's doing the same thing. And I'm sure not just America. I've talked to people in other countries. I've got a, a pastor friend in El Salvador. He opens up his house and made a church out of it. Lately, most of his congregants say, we would rather stay home and watch Game of Thrones than come to church, and had the audacity to tell him that. At least hide it. But they told him. Oh, well, at least he knows. Don't think of the Israelites as being ignorant, because America's doing that. And you wonder... It makes you wonder why in this nation we're, be hand, we're handed over to so much trouble these days. You see all the trouble going on out there? Why are we handed over to that? Because we're sinful. God has every right to do it. It's all because of the great sin that's going on. People have turned to other gods. And now we're headed into the story of Israel's next judge, which is Gideon. And the Bible gives the most extensive detail to Gideon's time as judge more than any other judge in Israel's history. We get more time on Gideon. And so we're going to spend probably the next three chapters on Gideon's role as judge. So Israel does evil yet again, and God hands them over to Midian. Judges uh, 6 and 2. And the hand of Midian prevailed against Israel. Because of the Midianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was whenever Israel had sown 
Midianites would come up, also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep, nor ox, nor donkey. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in as numerous as locusts. Both they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Do you see what oppression ends up doing in return? It causes us to cry out to the Lord. Guys, I know that the believers of this nation right now, as bad as things are, they are crying out to the Lord. I don't think they would be if we didn't have all this mess going on out there. So there's a way you can appreciate the mess. Don't politicize it, please. Sure, there's politics. Sure, I love certain politicians and what they're doing. But don't politicize the warfare, the handing over. Because if Israel had politicized it, well, we need a guy that's going to exercise this policy and get us out. No, it says they cried out to the Lord. That's what they did. We got to elect the right guy. Well, half the nation hates the guy that's in office, and half the guy likes half the nation likes the guy that was previously in office. That that doesn't work. We need something better. Call upon the Lord. They cried out to the Lord, and so here goes the pattern again. Israel does evil, and God hands them over to their enemy and lets them endure the pressure. Have you ever noticed that? I'm quickly reminded when Jesus saw the, the, the disciples out there in the storm, it said they were straining at the oars. They're straining. They're rowing. They're rowing. Guys, I've been to the Sea of Galilee. It's not that far across. <laughs> you can see cars on the other side driving. It's not that far. These were experienced fishermen, and they couldn't row across this thing because of the storm. And, and Jesus just watched them. He didn't go, dun, 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 Superman, and fly out there and save them right away. He, he watched them for a long time. You know why? He was letting them tire out. He let them tire out. He watched way off until early in the morning. Then he goes walking on the water, and his intention was to not even go by them. The Bible says it. He wasn't even intending to go by them, but they saw him and cried out. And so what they had to do is they had to turn, row, turn the boat and go to him. That's an act of repentance. They had to turn. Jesus says, you got to come to me. You got, the, you got to see all these things that God's doing. He let them, he, God handed them over to, them, to their enemy and let them endure the pressure. If you're under pressure and you're asking God, why? Instead of saying, God, why am I going through this pressure? Maybe you should review your life and think, okay, what sins did I do that caused this? What provoked God to hand me over to this, this enemy? Maybe we should do some turning instead of saying, God, you need to change. You need to take this pressure off of me, God. Stop it, God. No, we need to see what did I do that caused this mess. Maybe I need to repent somewhere. Maybe I need to just cry out to the Lord and stop the baloney. You know, he let them endure the pressure all for the cause of getting them to cry out to him for help. You know, when you're running off in sin, you're not crying out to God. You're running after your sin. You'll only cry out to God when the sin hurts you, and probably for a long time. And some people don't even do it then. But they have to be sent deliverers to say, come on, guys, let's get out of this. And they cried out to God. The book of Judges is starting off like a record with a scratch in it, isn't it? 
For those of you who are too young to know what a record with a scratch does, it repeats the same thing over and 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 over. You get the point? That's what a record does with a scratch in it. Israel's doing this. It's just repeating. So Israel is repeating themselves over and over. And I think it's important for us to recognize that sin causes great damage. And in Israel's case here, it can even lead to poverty. There is severe poverty going on in the world today that's really, really bad. And it got so bad with Israel that their sin got them to the level of poverty. Now, don't think of somebody as we think of poverty, somebody on the street asking for money and people keep throwing bills in it. I'm talking somebody that has nobody to ask. There's no food. There's nothing anywhere. And so there's there's a lot of poverty going on, and it, it can lead to poverty. Now, this doesn't mean that those who are poorer are more sinful, because the Pharisees had that problem in Jesus' day. They thought, well, we're rich, we're okay, so the poorer people are the less uh, righteous than us. I, I think in this case with Israel, everybody was in trouble. Everybody was in trouble. Whether you had a lot of money in the bank or not, everybody had poverty. Guys, money isn't going to buy you food when there's no food around. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you have a lot of money. If there's no food, there's no food. And sin does this. Israel's being punished by God for the rejection of him. A lot of pastors today says that God does not punish. Of course he does. It's in the Bible right here. He handed them over to the Midianites. The Midianites are a people who descended down from Abraham after his wife Sarah died. Just a quick side note to give you perspective of who these people are. In Genesis 25.1, it says that Abraham had taken another wife. Her name was Keturah. They had several children. This is after Abraham's wife Sarah had passed. One of them, the children's name was Midian. And so this is the Midianite people, descendant from Abraham. And Israel has already had fights with them in the past, back in Numbers when they were wandering in the wilderness. And so now we see in verse 2 here, the Israelites are hiding from the Midianites in caves and mountains, it says. It said dens and mountains. I've driven through Israel, and you can look up in the mountains and see holes all in it. It's the way the mountains are. It's some kind of way that erosion has done it. There's holes everywhere, and you just want to climb up in there and go explore. And Dove says, oh yeah, there was some kid that was handling goats or something up there, and, and he stumbled upon the Dead Sea Scrolls up in there. It was in a cave. I mean, there's just caves absolutely everywhere. And so we can see what it's talking about, the, the caves, the dens, and the mountains, that they had to go hide in there from the uh, Midianites. You know, this doesn't look like the great conquering Israelites we got used to reading about in Joshua's time, does it? They were out taking everybody out, and they were being successful. Something happened. This isn't the same people anymore, it doesn't seem like. And it's sad to see how low their sin has gotten them from what they used to be. Guys, America is not what it used to be. And it's not political correctness or any kind of party or nothing that did it. It's sin. Sin did this. We're down to this this terrible level. But I want you to imagine something here. Imagine you work all year tending to crops. You're keeping everything watered. You're pulling weeds. You're tilling the land. All that hard manual labor. And right when it's time to harvest the produce, the Midianites come in by the thousands and they take away everything you just worked for. And they just destroy it and they steal it. They take all the food to eat for themselves and just trash everything. All the work you've done, gone like that, overnight. Everybody's hungry and all that work and your family is starving and there's nothing else you can do. Nothing. Guys, that'll make you cry out to the Lord, won't it? You know, God will take away from you 
until you call out to him. He took everything away from me. Anybody that knows my, my story, before I came to ministry, before I got saved, God took away everything. The all-American guy, high school grad, played football, got my college degree. I was good in my field, and God took all of it away, lost it. That doesn't happen to guys like me, so I thought. God took everything away to get me to wake up. But there's nothing you can do. You can't run, to, in Israel's case, they can't just run to the grocery store. There's no grocery stores. That was their food. There's nothing to eat. I can tell you from personal experience, sin can bring you down to this level to where you really review your life and see that you need to get right with Jesus. You need to get right with the Lord. Finally, you realize he's all I got left. I guess I got to call out to him. Really, really, you realize you should have called out to him all along. Jesus is it. He's your answer. But when you get down to nothing, that's when you realize, I really messed up. They're now calling out to him. And that's the best place to be is when you're low. Guys, don't feel bad about being low. God likes us low because there's nowhere to go but up. (laughs) Judges 6 and 7. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel. Guys, I want you to look at this. God is sending them a prophet. They have been sinning again and again and again. He delivers them. They sin again. He delivers, delivers. they sin, sin again over and over and over. Now they've been doing it for all this time, and he sends them a prophet. This is what the love of God looks like. Some of you think, I've messed up too bad, too long. God will never take me now. Yes, he will. Biblical evidence of this. This is the love of God. Now, people, though, they often get upset at God when he hands them over to conditions like this. But look at what he's doing. He is immediately sending them a prophet upon what? Upon their cry for help. How many of us have endured hardships and been so mad about it that you wake up one day to realize you never cried out to God? You ever done that? Think, man, I I should have cried out to God a long time ago. I've been trying to fix it. Well, I got to do this. I got to fix that. I got to do this thing. I got to do that. And next thing you know, you've gone months and you hadn't even prayed about it. They cried out to the Lord. Here comes help. (laughs) That's God. I want you to review your life, the things you're contending with, and say, why am I not calling out to God for this? Call out to him. Cry out to God. My way hadn't fixed it yet. Well, of course, and it never will. You've got to cry out to God for it. And Israel did. Israel sins, God delivers. Israel sins, God delivers. Israel sins, God delivers. Try to say that 10 times faster. (laughs) You talk to people today about how they view relationships, and they will tell you this. They will tell you something to this effect. Anybody messes with me, and it's over. It's usually about them. It's usually about them. What I want for me, what I want for me. Well, thank God that God doesn't think like we do. Because Israel has messed with God repeatedly, time and time again, and he's still sending them a prophet. Guys, can, do you think like God? You know we can. Through the Holy Spirit, we can think like God to be merciful to people, even the people that mess with you over and over, even people that cheat on you over and over, even people that lie to you over and over. You can still be like God to them, like the Lord has been with us. He's sending them a prophet. So anyway... I'm glad God doesn't think the way we do. He sent him a prophet. Now, I, I want us to, friends, here's something else I want to do because um, this has been a, a real issue recently with a lot of the problems we've endured. I want us to start looking at our marriages. Those of you who are married or think you might get married or whatever, 
Not just marriages, but relationships too. In the case of marriages, though, I want us to start reviewing our relationships with people. I want us to start looking at our relationships in the same way that God deals with his covenant people. This is going to make a big difference in a lot of marriages if people will just get this right. I have noticed most people, most of the people that think God just gives up on people who sin are people who have had parents or spouses that gave up on them. There are people that have a hard time believing that God would stick to his people and send them a prophet and send them a deliverer time and time and time and time again after they've messed up. Typically, these people that don't buy this are people who have been abandoned by someone, who have been cheated on, who have been left. And because they hurt from that abandonment, they think God is going to do the same thing to them. I've seen that happen time and time again. Guys, I want you to understand God doesn't do that. God maintains his commitment to you once you make yourself a servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He will stick to you. He will help you. He will save you. He will be your deliverer. We've had a lot of confrontation going on, and it's always the same common denominator from most everybody who comes up and has a major fit about the way they perceive God. I always have noticed that they have a terrible marriage and or or and they have been abandoned somewhere in their life, and therefore they don't trust God. I want to undo that thinking here today. I don't know everybody's story in here. I don't know anything of what all everybody's been through. You may have been cut down or let go or whatever. God's not like that. Don't base your impression of God upon what man has done to you. Okay? God is faithful. And the Word says even we, when we are faithless, He remains faithful. That girl that come after that guy cheating, her being there was faithfulness to him. (laughs) She wanted him back. She was mad, but she still wanted him back. God is not wicked. God is good. And we have to remember that. Our understanding of God must align with who he says he is in his word, not what people have told you. Never weigh God's character out according to how others have treated you. It saddens me when people have a damaged perception of relationship. Mess with me once and you're done. No, that's not godly. Okay, mess with me three times and you're done. How many times has Israel messed with God and turned to other gods? And God still commits to them because he loves them. People think that God abandons his people so easily. Therefore, it causes them to abandon God also. God is committed to Israel. God has made so many promises here to Israel, promises that he still has yet to fulfill, that if he was to abandon them today, he couldn't fulfill those promises, then God would be a liar. And if God's a liar, he can't be God. Wow, Ray, you did a lot of, you strung a lot of things together. Yeah. How you perceive relationship affects everything about you and your life and your wife and your husband and your relationships and your friends, everything. It affects everything. God is showing us commitment here. He will not totally abandon Israel. Now, I know in later chapters, we're going to see where God says, I'm, I'm, uh, this time I'm, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, there comes a cutoff where something, some change has to come into play. But still, yet, God has not totally left his people. He has not. I've been to Israel today. God's still there. <laughs> he still loves Israel. But God never has abandoned. Jesus Christ still yet has to sit on Mount Zion. That's a prophecy we have not seen happen yet. So what this means is that God is still among His people. Thank 
you for listening to Set for Life. We hope you can join us next time, unless Jesus returns for us first. Set for Life is the radio ministry of Pastor Ray Jensen. We invite you to subscribe to our podcast at setforliferadio.com. Hi, this is Ray Jensen. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to encourage you in God's Word. If the Bible doesn't excite you, then you're not reading it. I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life. You'll be set for life.